I want to say welcome back to the podcast, but I, I think uh, that's a that's a first stretch. I've been away for um, more than a minute, but and I, I know I threatened to come back earlier, but it is 2023, and uh, this I choose to uh, gauntlet this date now for the podcast because uh the me finishing this film and even like continuing the podcast which i have a list of guests and we're going to get to that i promise you and if you're not tired of hearing my voice or disgusted by it as much as i am i want to address something today because i'm actually in hawaii and i am working in post-production for the film, which is now titled The Nervous Breakdowns Were Here. And the title of the, which was the original title of the film was Credit in the Straight World, but that's just the name of the podcast. And that's more of like a overarching theme. So there's that. As I clear my throat, I want to talk We'll get to the guests. We're going to get them. You know, some of you, you know who you are. I asked, and they said, like, yeah. And then they didn't, like, confirm. I was like, how's next Saturday for the pot? And then they get back to me. But uh, such as the uh, the conditions of a nervous breakdown or uh, a bandmate, let's say. I'm just saying, like, these are classic um, bandmates. So I've reached out to a bunch of people that are in bands and uh, they're responding (laughs) the same way that you would with bandmates, meaning like they may or may not show up to practice. So I'll get them, don't you worry. But I'm doing a solo podcast tonight uh, to kick this off, uh, just to bring everyone, if you're even keeping up with this podcast, or the film that I'm working on. That it's happening. I'm in post-production. I still need to fundraise. That's going to happen. And watch nervousbreakdowns.com for the next few weeks. Everything's developing. And we'll get there. I'm just looking for, now it's just about funding the post-production. I paid out of pocket for production. It's totally nuts. And uh, I don't recommend funding a film on credit cards. It's uh, it's bad. It's like hard, it's too much, but I know other, that's also about making documentaries, but that's another thing. Um, also, another filmmaker is texting me as I'm communicating this to you. Um, but I, ooh. I don't know what she's saying to me. She's another uh, Kanaka, like another Hawaiian filmmaker, but we'll talk to her in a minute. But that's exactly what I'm talking about right now. So uh, this film was in production, or post-production, I should say, which just means it's in the finishing stages, which is, if you don't make films, I mean, maybe this is something that we need to talk about. Like, you got to, like, that's, I think in documentary filmmaking it's 
the expensive part is really the the uh, funding, the post production, the on site filming, and permits is one cost. But then there's like finishing up, which is editing and color corrections and all this bullshit. What's color correction? Say you well, it's sort of like paying a makeup artist when you're doing a model shoot. You don't want to skip that process, but you could, but it makes all the difference. Uh, just in layman's terms, art layman's terms. <clears throat> but tonight is special because uh, the next, this is the next film I'm working on. And if you want, to, if you were here when it happened, it's based on a particular incident and you may or may not have been here for it or you may have heard of it. Um, I've deemed it the working title of the film is the Diana Ross Missile Crisis. Now, that's I would watch that fucking film in a heartbeat. And the reason it's called that is because if you're in Hawaii five years ago, which I happen to be like a nervous breakdown, and I was about to fly out the next night, uh, we had a little situation where we all got a signal or a, a little window on our phone that just told us, like, yo, you're about to die. There's a missile coming for you. And this came on the morning of the eve. The previous eve was actually Daniel Ross played Honolulu, Hawaii, at the Bladesdell Center. I literally extended my trip in Hawaii. This is so fucking nervous breakdowns, by the way. So, Diana Ross, so I came home for Christmas, right? And I was supposed to fly out on like, I don't know, fucking January 5th or some shit, or maybe a little later. And then I'm sitting with my dad and his girlfriend, drinking beer and watching like TV. And it's like, Neil Blaisdell Arena. Welcomes Diana Ross. I'm coming up, dun, dun, dun. And I'm like, wait, what? Diana Ross is playing fucking Hawaii. I've never seen her. Uh, one, she's a nervous breakdown. Um, and if you don't understand what the nervous breakdowns are, like she's totally one of our mascots. But that's like some old gay shit. And if you don't know it, then I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna judge the. The boomers are the zoomers, but come on. It's fucking Diana Ross. So I've never fucking seen her. I've literally met, you know, a Supreme. I've been on stage with a Supreme, uh, Mary Wilson. So let's just say, and she just, God bless her. She just passed away a little bit ago. Um, but also... The book by Tony Turner, please look it up on Amazon, or maybe you have to get it on eBay. Amazing book called All That Glitters. But anyway, um, that's just like a gay thing. So to get more gayer, let's talk about Diana Ross. So Diana Ross, I've never got to fucking see her. And I've, I don't want to say I've idolized her, but she, you know, she's of my mom's generation, but 
she's the Supremes were just the punk rock of Motown in that way where it's just like at least how it affected white and it transferred to me via my mother. My mom knew where she was when, you know, JFK died as much as she knew where she was when baby love hit the charts, you know, when Diana Ross hit, when the Supremes fucking hit, you know? So it's like a, uh, the reverse of a president's assassination. That's how powerful, um, pop music is. So, I mean, I wasn't there, but there's also like the fashion aspect of it and how it affected a person like my mom of that generation in Hawaii, in this neighborhood in Kamaki. And if you understand Diana Ross, she's one of those people that just fucking took control of her image and though she was part of a trio she's surpassed them on purpose and that's the funny great debate about uh the supremes and was she a bitch or was she a genius or was she both um from her wig to her makeup style she her vocal style anyway that's the past that's always trans translated with me or it's a, it's come with me through the journey so I've always worshipped Diana Ross via the Supremes and I fucking met Mary Wilson and I you know I I didn't sing backup for her but she pulled me on stage for a song because I met her at a signing and I was like hey I'm a nervous breakdown I'm I'm well I'm a nervous breakdown but I was like I'm a band called Nurse Breakdown. I was like, I want to cover one of your the Supreme songs. I just I adore you guys. And which one would you be? And she said like, Oh, like a true pro. She was like, Well, I don't know what you sound like. I was like, Oh shit. And she said, Well, what's your thing? And I was like, We're like a garage band, I guess. And then she said come see about me. And I thought, okay. And I stuck that in my pocket. This is something I ask of any artist that I ever meet that I, I uh, worship or adore or influenced by. So anyway, I always kept that in my pocket. But, and then she pulled me on stage to sing back up on that when I saw her in a, uh, a show. And that I still can't believe that happened, but um, God rest her soul. Um, that what an honor. I was like, fuck, I'm like old that way, like in a good way. But fast forward to, I am sitting in Hawaii uh, five years ago. And they said, oh, Diana Ross is playing. I was like, fuck, I've always dreamed of seeing Diana Ross. And I've never gotten to see it. I'd never, never gotten to see her. So I actually extended my trip. I called the airlines and I bought a ticket, and my friend Mila Bradley, hi Mila, and her, her husband, her boyfriend, and her son got tickets, so she gave me a ride, and I just love that her son, like, like Dan Ross, and he's just like a kid, just like, fuck yeah. So we had separate seats because we bought our tickets at different times, but went to that, 
and phenomenal. You know, I filmed parts of it. I got up out of my seat. The usher asked me to sit down multiple times because I lost my shit, you know, especially when she sings The Boss, which, um, not sorry to people that believe that uh, Bruce Springsteen is the boss because we all know Ms. Ross is the boss. Um, Bruce Springsteen is, um, let's face it, he's, he's, he's from Jersey. You can't really be the boss of anything. From, I believe you can aspire from Jersey, but let's face it, if Diana Ross came from Detroit, worked her way up to a thing called the Supremes and just like killed it, I don't know, just the boss is Diana Ross. Also, the name, Ms. Ross, he hello. I always say this in comes Ms. Ross is the boss. So, and also that song though. God talk, who is the boss? Blah, blah, blah. So, it's one of my, my go-tos. And if I ever did drag, which some would argue I did that once, but if I ever did it, that would be one I would, that, that would be my, my song. Um, but anyway, what a fucking phenomenal night. Um, I got a ride home to my brother's house. I didn't actually go to my father's house. So it was closer to YPO Gentry, if you know what that is. It's in Waipahu, borderline of Milani. And my friend dropped me off there, which is where they lived. And I, uh, I think I got dropped off at the grocery store, maybe. I think I might have bought, I might have bought a can of wine or a bottle and walked home with it. And my brother wasn't home that night. And I don't want to give away, I'm not going to give away what happens or what my experience was, was after but I will just, I was supposed, to, I'm going to fly out the next day, right? That was my last night in Hawaii before getting back to New York, before I go home to Queens. And I wake up early because I'm always jet lagged when I'm home. So I, I wake up quite early in Hawaii. And as unslept and, um, filled with alcohol as it was, I still woke up at like probably like seven or nine, you know, it was like barely lucid. And it was like, ding, ding. Or like it had that like alert thing, like when like a a child's missing or some shit. I was like, what the fuck is this? At? And I'm sleeping on the, I'm sleeping on my brother's couch. My brother's not home. I'm alone in the house. And I'll preface this by saying before I went home, I had potentially, well, I had, I had a DM and on, on a date site where this guy wanted to hook up with me. And I was like, ooh, um, well, maybe, hey. And then, you know, I don't know if anyone's experienced that, but then he just kind of like, maybe he passed out and before I did or something. And I was very disappointed. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I just saw Diana Ross, and I'm not going to get laid. So I was like, God damn it. I'm going to sleep, wake up, 
disappointed. I'm like, maybe the guy's messaging me. Um, and it isn't a message from him. It's an alert, an Amber Alert type thing. It's like when they, and if you don't understand this, this is what happened five years ago to this day. It's like um, you wake up and it says, Amber Alert, this child's missing, but it's your child. But the, the alert, it's the same tone because it just overtakes your phone. The same way it's like there is a storm coming, flash flood warning, any minute now. But it basically says you're going to die any minute because it says there's a missile coming for you. And at this time in my life, I have a very small business. I think I'm working two jobs. I'm in one band called Quitters. And I'm about to fly back to New York and deal with those things. And then you get a message on your phone that says, you're basically going to die, which is basically what's going to happen. Because if a missile's coming for you, uh, there is no shelter. And if for those of you who don't know, there is no shelter <laughs> if something like that happens to you, particularly in an island. So I'm going to leave it there and let you know that I, a lot of people like to say that they believe they're going, like they, people fantasize like, what would you do if you only had a day to live, five minutes, to 20 minutes, whatever. I actually experienced that. And I'm not gonna tell you what I did in that, in those moments, minutes, um, a little less than an hour because you're basically told you're going to die and there was nothing you can do about it factually. So you can look this stuff up. This is the anniversary of it and then it happened here in Hawaii. And I'm here now, five years later, and I'm flying back to New York. So uh, I'm finishing my film this year, but that was definitely impetus to finish things. But I will say that when you believe you're gonna die, you your mind changes, so I'll, I'll give that much enough away. But um, my next one will be about this. Um, it'll be easier and shorter. It, it will be a documentary, but the Nervous Breakdowns film will be finished this year, and it's in post-production. But if you happen to have been in Hawaii when this happened to you, I don't know what the chances of this are, but I was working at a coffee shop for myself and I overheard a couple that was in Hawaii and they had the craziest story and I was like, hold on, you were there when I was there? And I, I want another story. But I'll reach out to them. Uh, everyone has a crazy story or a not crazy story about it. So if you do have a crazy, if you were here in Hawaii, please, um, DM me at the Nervous Breakdowns on Instagram or email me at nervousbreakdownsmusic at gmail.com. And please tell me if uh, you'd be interested in being interviewed about what happened to you in those, those 
those 40 minutes <laughs> that you thought you were going to die or you thought it was all bullshit, um, send it over to me. Um, that aside, uh, the podcast will be updated, I swear to God, once I get home, which I'm home in Hawaii, but once I get back to New York, um, we'll start going over the people. You know who you are if you're not listening to this. Um, I'm just going to throw some names around. Carrie, Ronnie, uh, Susie. Funny, they all kind of rhyme. We're going to get through this, but we're going to talk about music, we're going to talk about film, and we're going to talk about the the culture of San Francisco and the nervous breakdowns. So thanks for sticking around this long, and if you can tolerate the sound of my voice this far, I appreciate you. Uh, Music. It's time to put some music out. Uh, I promise to get on that because you're like, what the fuck does the nervous breakdowns actually even sound like? And we just have a few CDs that we put out on the street, literally. So uh, I better take care of that. So yeah, reach out. Um, I, I hope to be back next week if I can get everyone on board to start uh, showing up to the microphone and we'll do it that way. Uh, am I leaving something out? I feel like I am. Um, Happy New Year. And uh, again, the working title for my next film is The Diana Ross Missile Crisis. Because you, here's the thing. You have to remember that what I experienced the day that I get a text that says, like, you're, there's a missile coming for you. You're going to die. Diana Ross had the same text. So basically, her and I are sisters is all I'm saying. So we're bonded in this moment. But I just read the anniversary, and there, of course it's overshadowed by... Jim Carrey was here. Like, what the fuck was Jim Carrey doing here? But he was like in a car and he watched the sunset. Complete garbage. Like, can he? Can can he not? Can he? You know, do do you agree that maybe like, I'm just gonna put this out here before I close job. The Jim Carrey is sort of like the. Dave Grohl of comedic actors and that Questlove is the Black Bono and they're just like every time you think something's pure someone just like fucking shits on it and I'm like I I want to know what fucking Diana Ross has to say about this shit the fuck do I care what Jim Carrey had what the fuck was Jim Carrey doing in Hawaii anyway Diana Ross was playing the Blaisdell bitch. Fuck off. So I want to know what what Diana Ross, if you're listening, <laughs> um, just DM me, and um, or you could email me at nervousbreakdownsmusic at gmail dot com. Uh, anyway, on that note, thanks for coming this far. Then <laughs> we'll have more episodes, and then I there's going to be some surprises. 
uh, online. There were, there's gonna be. Th I just want to say, and it's nothing to do with us. Like, I have this extension cord that helps my computer, but this shit's from China. It's a piece of shit, so it just like craps out. So it's like every time I try to like, close, it's like. So, uh, aloha, guys, and uh, we'll be in touch. I will. I promise to post uh, a full-length episode stat with uh, people that make great music and great art any minute now. Thank you for sticking with, sticking with us this far, and uh, there's going to be there's going to be a merch table showing up. I just I don't want to give it away, but it's going to be good. And then uh, I'll talk more in detail about the film. But I'm already talking about the film in a sense. Uh, it's completely significant that on this day in history, Diana Ross played the Blaisdell Hall in New in Hawaii, and I was supposed to go to New York fucking city, and I stayed her for it, and then I was told like you're gonna die, and uh, you know what? <clears throat> Gladly would have taken a missile for Ms. Ross, because she is what? The boss and God taught me. <laughs>